Hello, what have we here? Welcome, I'm Lando Calrissian. I'm the administrator of this facility. And who might you be? Hello, what have we here? We have an echoey room. <laughs> We're not, you know, in the multi-million dollar studio set today. We are not in the Falcon Cape closet. We are in the glassy, white, shiny, reflective hallways of Cloud City today. And that's why it's that's so right. echoey. It's an empty hallway because the Empire came and everybody ran away and it froze. Han Solo. Anyways, it is episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and in less than a week, the show is half over. <laughs> really snuck up on us. <laughs> Literally. Drop two episodes Friday, Wednesday, the third episode comes out, and there's only three left. Only three weeks left. Yeah, that is weird to think about, especially... Considering the content of this episode, I didn't expect to see anything like this this early in the show. And now it this episode came out and everything that happened and it happened. Mm-hmm. And now there's only three episodes left and I'm just like, what is going on? And I think everything we've seen up till now has been what was in the trailers. I don't think... I can't think of anything offhand that we haven't seen yet that was in the trailers. Yeah. So... Um, that basically just means that... A load of surprises from here on out. Yeah, no one knows what's up. So... Except for us, obviously. Yeah, insiders. With our contacts. And so... Um, yeah, let's get into it, because... Well, first of all, I totally thought this was going to come out on Fridays. I could have have swore that was what the reason... Like, I thought when they announced they were releasing two episodes at once on Friday, it was also that they were going to be releasing them on Fridays. But I guess they just did it so that they could do the premiere at Star Wars Celebration instead of releasing it... On Wednesday, and then yeah, that's starting the celebration on Thursday. So, uh, or what, Friday, or whatever it was. So that, you know, yeah, it was on Thursday. Yep. So, that must be why, and then they're still going to be on Wednesdays. Um, so, I wish they would, like, put Star Wars on Friday, and then Marvel on Wednesday, or vice versa, because... Yeah, because Marvel think- can suck it! Because I think Ms. Marvel comes out the sometime in the next week, and I don't know if it's on Wednesday or Friday, but both of them have been coming out on Wednesdays, I'm pretty sure. So, like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to kind of separate those. Yeah, and by the way, why? I, I get it if there is something else going on with it. But, like, I like Friday release, you know what I mean? Because, like, Wednesday comes and I watch whatever the new Star Wars show is, and then I have nothing to look forward to for the rest of the week. Friday isn't as exciting. Yeah. Well, I feel like the wait from Wednesday to Wednesday feels longer because there's a weekend. Mm-hmm. Whereas Friday, it's like, you start it, and then you have the weekend are kind of like the three big... Like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are like three big days of speculation. Some would say the biggest days, yeah. Yeah, and then and then when you do Wednesday, it's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then for some reason, I don't know, just having a weekend after those initial three days just makes it feel like it's yeah. forever. Um. Dang, those loath birds out there were my <laughs> shut up. So I wonder if they um, if they're coming through. The- so yeah, that that's a notable because it was literally Tuesday night when they were like, "By the way, this show is coming out Wednesdays," and I think most people were like, "What new episode tonight?" <laughs> and yeah. so 
Yeah. Um, yeah, very unexpected, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, another thing we should talk about is... Um, I don't know if we really talked about it, but there were some... The biggest L take of, like, the first yeah. two episodes was basically people being racist at Moses Ingram. Yeah. And then she, like, shared it all on her Instagram story, which prompted the Star Wars official account to basically be like, hey, don't be racist, and, like, we support this actress. And so then yeah. that kind of... And it kind of sparked, like, a huge thing. Like, I think more than they were anticipating it to yeah. be. Because they literally said it in, like, kind of a joke. They were they said something like, there's 20 million yeah. sentient and beings. I, I mean, I really actually liked that they did that specifically. Because, I mean, I feel like the people who would do such a thing, they are like... Like, there's always weird, like, overly specific reasons for these people why minorities can't be in like for example this is a similar problem in the new lord of the rings show the rings of power that's coming out and people are like there can't be black dwarves and then you're like well why not and then he's like because uh, they live underground and underground you don't have enough exposure to sunlight so like you wouldn't be out of and i'm like bro <laughs> you're th- like really you're thinking that and so I, I just see that those type of people as like they really have to reach and and dig and claw to justify themselves. They can't because they don't want to openly say yeah. And so because I'm racist. And so this is something I don't even like doing this to counterpoint because you shouldn't need to like go down to that level to counterpoint why you shouldn't be racist. Mm-hmm. But the Star Wars post said there are more than 20 million sentient species in the Star Wars galaxy. Don't choose to be a racist. Like, obviously. Like, how are you going to say, oh, Star Wars is a diversity hire, or, like, they're hiring just for diversity? Bro, it is the most expansive galaxy full of millions of alien species, but no black people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and then... You know, you had all kind of response to that. There were people upset that it was political. And I was like... And I was like... You made the allegory for the Vietnam War And I was like... I was like... Telling someone, don't be racist, isn't a political (laughs) statement either. It's just, hey, don't... Yeah, you have truly lost the plot, if that's what you think. (laughs) Um, But basically, she shared a bunch of Instagram DMs that were just really atrocious stuff. And Star Wars, the official Star Wars social media came out and supported her. And then Ewan McGregor made a video, and he was basically like, as the lead actor and the executive producer, like, I stand behind this actress. Mm-hmm. Like, we chose her. She's great. And then there's always people that are like, oh, it's the writing. I'm not racist. I just don't like the writing. And it's yeah. like, well, no one else had a problem with the writing. It was like, you were... It's only the people that are, like... It's, like... And, like, I don't... It feels like writing is always the scapegoat. Because it's, like, every time there's there's a person of color yeah, in Star but... Wars, or, like, a gay character, they always... It's always those characters that get complained yeah. about. And then people are, like, well, are you being racist? And they're, like, no, it's just the writing. Yeah. And it's, it's like, the writing around, you know, Mando isn't bad. The writing around... You yeah, know. but it is hard, though, because it's kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing, because someone could just genuinely genuinely think that, you mm-hmm. know? We don't know what's going on in people's uh, It's just brains, odd but that the pattern seems to always be yeah, that there's minorities are the ones that get hated the most. Yeah. I don't know. And then uh, you had some people being like, well... Why didn't Disney defend Gina Carano in the same way? And it's like, because she was fired. She was the problem. <laughs> she was fired. Yeah. But no, I have seen that same complaint about, like, <clears throat> this is what you guys should have done for the sequel actors. Like, well, and yeah, I agree and I that think, they should have. I think maybe, maybe it's because, like, John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran both came out and said, like, we didn't feel like we were treated well, and we, like, both 
by like the production but also mostly by like the fans and so i think it even had come out before the show dropped that like they specifically talked to moses ingram about like hey you're probably yeah. gonna get like racial messages and that sucks but that's just how it is mm-hmm. and so i think maybe it was them learning from that hopefully and hopefully they continue to like do that but yeah i mean i feel like it is kind of kind of sort of new ground in for like the hollywood space of like since now with like social media being so as vast as it is and you can literally contact celebrities directly and say anything you want with no repercussions like now it i do think it is the responsibility uh, for the studios to not like prevent it because that's not possible but like you are responsible for your talent and mm-hmm. their mental emotional well-being if you're going like when you put them in front of a camera you're subjecting them to all sorts of scrutiny um and like undeserved hate and so i do think it is kind of um a cool thing to see even though like it does feel it, it, a little late in some yeah. ways it feels kind of like it doesn't it shouldn't need to be said but it's like glad you are saying it and it's kind of a bold move because you know it's going to upset some people mm-hmm. and like that could end up causing them to yeah. lose money on the show but it's like which it's it's worth it's worth doing that which for, also it's worth mentioning that um the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi was the biggest Disney Plus original premiere ever mhm so bigger than Mando bigger than I yeah, don't the think, biggest I doubt it was the biggest viewed episode though it was the big it they it said, was the biggest premiere it was the biggest premiere so, so they, i bet but i still i still think probably the finale of mando season two is probably the biggest episode that for now has been viewed <laughs> yeah, for now probably yeah. yeah um so yeah basically Pete, bro people will obsessively rewatch this show i yeah. can already feel it well, since people already since it's so like it. since it's so like bite size mm-hmm. and it has you and hayden yeah uh, um, so yeah, yeah, basically, don't be racist. And uh, yeah, another thing Ewan said in his message was like, if you are the people like sending the, these sorts of messages, you're not real Star Wars fans. So yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah, and <laughs> of course it's gonna inflame some people, but <clears throat> the more the less people that like that that watch Star Wars, the better it'll be. I think so. We'll, Who cares? We'll make probably them, get make them all angry. Content. Yeah, make them all angry. Um, so, I almost went into news, but... <laughs> is there news? <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, Star Wars Celebration is coming back in 2023. Which, How about that? Uh, is big news. and Because um, it's usually every two years. But because they had to skip a year... So technically the last one was three years ago. Doing it next year would put it back on the same schedule. And then someone pointed out it lines up with a bunch of different anniversaries. So like every celebration that they have every other year from now on will fall on like the 40th of Return of the Jedi next year. And then like the 25th of something Phantom Menace mm-hmm. maybe the next year or something like that. So... Uh, that's exciting, except it's in London, England, (laughs) and so the likelihood of Lando's Lounge having a presence at Celebration 2023, if our invitations get lost in the mail again, (laughs) are pretty slim, I would say. (laughs) Maybe 2025. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Start saving. Start saving, or you guys can help directly. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I did get a few messages. I think two messages from different people who, after I last plugged, they did leave a review. <laughs> so the best metric 
uh, for SEO and promotion on podcast platforms is uh, reviews. So if you like this podcast, leave a star review, um, preferably five stars, but I'd say just genuinely assess your experience. And also maybe a little comment that uh, is something funny. Something I think witty. on Spotify we could put like questions and polls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All sorts of crazy maybe stuff. Maybe we'll start so, doing some of that stuff. So, yeah, if you want us to be able to go to Star Wars, that's, <laughs> that sounds like I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah. Only yeah, you can send us to <laughs> Celebration in 2025. Thank God the best metric for promoting podcasts is an audio or release, uh, <laughs> release timeliness. Yeah. The, the, don't worry, the studio is under construction. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I have a bunch of tools in my studio now. Yeah. But multi-million dollars maybe we'll, have been maybe sunk into this. Once that's all out, who knows what'll happen. Anyways, let's get into the episode, because this episode was not only kind of a surprise drop, but it was also, like, not what anyone expected yeah. this soon. So, we left off last episode uh, with the big Anakin Skywalker reveal, where... Obi-Wan learns that Anakin is alive for the first time, and uh, then he and Leia are on aboard a cargo vessel headed for a different planet to escape Dayu. So, I kind of thought this episode was going to be... Essentially, essentially Obi-Wan getting Leia home to Alderaan, and then, instead of going back to Tatooine, deciding to investigate Anakin. Uh, that isn't what happened at all. And uh, what actually happened was they arrive on a planet called Mapuzo, which kind of reminded me of Tython a little bit from yeah. The Mandalorian Season 2. It was pretty much... deserty, like, but not in like a Tatooine way, more in of yeah. like a, an Arizona way. Yeah, it was kind of rocky. There was vegetation, but like... It was dry and uh, kind of, well, I think I already said rocky, but. Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit like Tython. There wasn't huge, um, like, structures or, like, mountains or anything. It was pretty flat and just kind of an arid planet, more than deserty. Um, and so. <clears throat> Well, I guess before that, <laughs> I'm kind of reading through the plot summary on Wikipedia, um, but Darth Vader comes out of his back to tank and is basically assembled and then talks with the Inquisitors about um, basically, uh, or talks with Reva that the Grand Inquisitor has been incapacitated because we don't know yet whether they've killed him and kind of retconned rebels a little bit, or whether he is just kind of out of the picture for a moment. Um, but uh, basically, it sets up Reva, or Reva and uh, the fifth brother kind of competing for who will become the new Grand Inquisitor. And so throughout the episode, you see them kind of bickering about, like, oh, I'm going to contact Vader and let him know, or, oh, I already told Vader. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's they're kind of one-upping each other, kind of acting like, like spy children. versus spy a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but while that happens, Obi-Wan and Leia land on Mapuzo, and basically they uh, realize pretty immediately that the planet is under the control of the Empire, and so they decide to hide by pretending to be a farmer and his daughter. And so they are looking for, like, the rendezvous point, and uh, Obi-Wan sees, like, kind of a vision of Anakin pre-Darth uh, Vader suit, like, in the distance. And mm -hmm. he's just kind of... Uh, it's just promoting the idea that he is kind of just reeling and not... Yeah. Not completely lucid throughout the series so far. He's kind of having nightmares and visions and all these things. Mm -hmm. Especially after learning that Anakin was alive. Um, 
they eventually get to the rendezvous point, but uh, there's no contact there that they're supposed to meet to get off planet. But they find a guy called Freck, That's who's dope. this alien, and he looks kind of like a mole. He's got like a star nose on his face, mm-hmm. and his voice sounded so familiar. I couldn't. It's, I, it I wasn't couldn't place, Seth Rogen, but it sounded very Seth Rogen-ish. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't figure it out. Um, oh, it doesn't say on here. Here, we you just yeah, Google it. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he sounded familiar. I just couldn't. I couldn't place who it was. But basically, Freck decides to take them to the spaceport. Oh my goodness! It was what? Zach Braff. Is that right? <laughs> really? Yeah. I think he was dating Florence Pugh at one point. He looks like Dax Shepard. That's all. That those are the only two things I know about that guy. He that's, looks like Dax Shepard, and he dated think Florence that's Pugh. That's what he sounded like. Classic Zach. Good for Zach, man. He's old. I think he was in Scrubs. Yeah, yeah. Show. I think that might so have been like three his things big, big role. And now, now his big role is Freck. So, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> they are talking with him and kind of using code names. Specifically, he calls Leia Luma. And uh, Freck stops to pick up a few stormtroopers. Yeah, and it's really interesting because like Freck is very... Like, buddy-buddy with the Imperials. Like, mostly we see, like, people are either indifferent towards the Empire, more like Han Solo, to where he's like, like, I run away from the Empire, but, like, what are you going to do? You know, that's just the way business is. And then you have people who obviously hate the Empire and their entire worlds are being kind of crushed by them. But it was kind of weird to see someone who liked, just, like, straight up liked the Empire and was, he, like, knew all the stormtroopers. Like, when they went, stopped to pick up these guys, he was, like, making small talk with them, but, like, small talk that implied that they had, like, oh, how was, how was the whole today, boys? And then he's like, oh, wait, no, I know these guys. Like, don't worry, I know these guys. He, yeah. he said, like, twice about different groups of stormtroopers, and you're like, huh, freck. Yeah. Weird. Um, and so it gets a little tense in the ride, obviously, because they are um, stormtroopers, and they begin to ask Obi-Wan questions, and he's basically, I think he told Leia, like, don't say anything, mm-hmm. and then it ends up where she's the one kind of <laughs> talking yeah. them through the situation, and then Obi-Wan calls... Leia, Leia, instead of Luma. And <laughs> someone pointed out that, like, if I had just met someone and they introduced their daughter and then called her a different name, I would either not notice or, like, not question it. <laughs> yeah, that... But they're like, you called her Leia, not Luma, like, immediately. Yeah, I... And but I, I guess maybe they're trained he, he to, was, like... Yeah, he was a little violent. I would have been more, like... Well, me personally wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. <laughs> but me as a stormtrooper, I might have said that, but it would have been more. I thought you said her name was. Not like accusing him of anything, but like, I thought you said her name was Leia. Is that. A, was Luma. I mean, was Luma. Is that a nickname? Like, I would definitely be curious as to why he did yeah, that. Yeah. But he plays it off, and he basically said, like, Leia was her mother's name. I still get confused sometimes. Because their story was basically... Yeah. Their mother had died. That's why they were visiting... They were farmers from a planet named Tall. They were on Mapuzo, and so they said they were visiting family. uh, Because this is where him and Luma's mother supposedly had met. But... Yeah. yeah, Uh, He also... It's important to mention that he says that sometimes... Like, I look at her face and I just see her. You know what I mean? talking about this supposed mother but that gets Leia thinking for yeah later. so the troopers leave and then Leia's basically like you knew my mother like that wasn't just a story mm-hmm. and then uh, Obi-Wan kind of reveals that he vaguely remembers his own parents and brother but the Jedi Order became his family and uh, it's just kind of a nice moment between them and like in all of Star Wars, family is kind of one of the main themes. And so 
It, like Dom Toretto. <laughs> well, it just... Especially, like, found family, where it's like... Mm-hmm. Your family isn't necessarily who you're related to. It's the people that are around you that you love. Um, and so he basically says, like... That was beautiful. He remembers that he did have a family before the Jedi, so he can empathize with Leia in that way. Um, but also the Jedi Order became his family, and now the Jedi are all gone. Um, and so it's just... The, a lot of this show has been, like, emotional moments rather than, like, giant action or um, anything like that. But Freck then stops them at an Imperial checkpoint, and uh, they get out one of the, like, probe droids, and they're basically going to scan Obi-Wan's face to, like, make sure he is who he says he is or whatever. And this is when it gets crazy because Obi-Wan then pulls out a blaster mm-hmm. and somehow is able to John Wick his way through these uh, Imperials until another Imperial kind of troop transport pulls up and, st- like, three stormtroopers and then uh, Indira Varma ca- Varma's character dressed as an Imperial. She comes out. And then shoots her own stormtroopers and is basically like, I'm not with the Imperials. So I was confused. Yeah. Like, if she's not an Imperial... So, so the only way that this, I think, makes sense is if she moonlights as an Imperial for a lot of the time. Like a high-ranking Imperial, but then also helps out. Because she takes Obi-Wan to basically this hideout... Uh, that is a part of what is called the path, and it's basically a Jedi smuggling, uh, like an underground railroad mm-hmm. of sorts. Um, and she works for them, or she works with the path, basically. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, so is she also like a high-ranking Imperial who just happens to be like a traitor, or did she just have an Imperial outfit? And then these well, stormtroopers were like... Well, she said... Obi-Wan asks this. He says, like, why do you do this? Um, And she goes, well, I joined the Empire back when it used to mean something, but then I found out that it wasn't what I thought it was. And so I think she is an actual Imperial, Mm. but she is now just using her position within the Empire to do what she can to help. Yeah, I wonder if she'll, like, show up again. Yeah, I totally expected her to be, like, a stone-cold, like, tenacious Imperial officer. Like, uh... And not a good guy. Like, Yeah, That's what I theorized. But she takes him to this little hideout, and this is one of the... Well, the first, like, moment that really... That you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, so they're basically... uh, Written all over the wall in Orabesh are, like, the names of Jedi who have come through the area. And Obi-Wan goes, Quinlan was here. And so, I forget where it was, but Quinlan Voss did survive Order 66. And I think it was in the Vader comics. They have a hologram of Jedi names that are still alive. And I think he's still on there. Uh, And that's where it comes from that he survived. I don't think there's any story where he survives. Um... Um, hang on, I'm looking it up. Yeah, I think it's, or maybe it's in, uh, something. Yeah, basically, Quinlan Voss survived Order 66, and if you don't remember who that is, he's from the Clone Wars, he's the guy who fights Cad Bane with Obi-Wan, And he's kind of like, he's got dreads, he's got like a yellow tattoo, like a yellow line tattooed over his nose. And he's really cool and like fun. He's the main character of the Dark Disciple book. Um, And in Legends, I know um, there are a ton of comics about him. I think there's a ton of comics about him, but... um, I, I think I own the Epic Collection that has his comics in it. But he he's a pretty fan-favorite kind of side Jedi from the prequel era. Um, and so, great to see that mention. 
Um, and he is presumably still out there, so... Um, I, and I know some other people had done, immediately were like, is Quinlan Voss going to appear in this show? Because it does seem, like, kind of weird that, like, um, to have this line where yeah, Obi-Wan, like, they could have just gone there and Obi-Wan could have been like, what are all these names? And he, he would have been like, these are all the Jedi that have come through there, through here. And he could have been like, oh, there's so many, or something like that, to acknowledge mm-hmm. the Jedi. But he, by name, goes, Quinlan was here. And then but she goes, here. yeah, he helps out um, yeah. with he, the path. And so it just, it could very easily and believably be just an Easter egg, just a name drop. Yeah. And I kind of suspect that's what it is. But I also felt like it did feel a little bit more than just like, a random throwaway line like he yeah he, because he, get, he, he like he gets excited he calls him by name he doesn't say quinlan voss he says quinlan no, yeah now let me tell you and then she has a backstory for if, him being there yeah if it were like a, a, a just a cameo i could foresee like they're walking down this hallway at kind of a a brisk pace and then he sees and he's like wait Quinlan was here and they don't stop at all and she's like yeah yeah he helps out you know what I mean just Mm -hmm. kind of more of a passing thing but he like walks over to this wall he lingers on it and then there's something written on the wall there's a bunch of that they make note of but there's like a specific thing they make note of that says like um something about eyes and seeing and it was very it was kind of reminiscent to like Something Kanan Jarrah said. Not that I think it mm-hmm. is a connection to Kanan necessarily, but like there is this like mysterious quote about like eyes and seeing, and he like looks at this wall and he's like, Quinlan was here, and so it's definitely it could be nothing, but it seems like a lot of nothing. Yeah, if it is. Yeah, it definitely felt more like it felt like a bigger moment than just kind of. A random name drop. And so that got the speculation train going. One of the biggest uh, mysteries other than who Kumail yeah. Nanjiani would be playing. Because I remember we said, what if Kumail was Quinlan Voss? Just joking. And now there's a possibility that Quinlan Voss could be in the show. It's not Kumail, but... Yeah. But now we're wondering if it might be another cast member who we are aware of. I've seen a lot of... Mm-hmm people well not i wouldn't say a lot but there's been some speculation as if to o'shea jackson jr uh son of ice cube could possibly be playing quinlan which is interesting he just tweeted yeah so he it, tweeted, it was it was during the whole moses ingram racism thing and he basically tweeted like something about um well do you have it somewhere he said something, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I think I might have it saved, but essentially what he said at the end of the tweet was, like, just wait until they see what my character does. Um, oh, do I have it here somewhere? No, I must not. I don't think I have it. But um, essentially he was basically saying, like, his character does something kind of impressive or yeah um, he oh i think it's i think it's this one yeah he said uh probably kills them that james earl jones is darth vader laughing emojis they're gonna love finding out what my character does so um it was in response to basically the racism thing and so he made it seem like his character does something significant um, I think it is kind of, uh, I think he would fit the bill for the character. I, it, I don't know if necessarily Quinlan Voss is supposed to be, like, a black character. I yeah, think he's, that... we had kind of said he's kind of ethnically ambiguous, and so I could see him playing it, but I feel like if he's not meant to be a black person like if he's meant to be native american or kind of native latino or something like that yeah and so 
I, I don't know. I could see that being, like, ruffling some but feathers, but... He did just tweet the other day, which this is the tweet I was referring to. Oh, I didn't see this And one. it, again, it could be nothing. Like, he's part of the show. He could just be tweeting this. I'm not seeing any other tweets like this, though. And so, it's... it's this is the whole tweet. Well, let me find it now. How y'all like episode three? Hashtag Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's kind of like, he didn't tweet that about any of the other episodes, I don't think. And so it, it could be like, could, yeah, yeah, they talked about me in this one. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, Yeah, so I could see it. I would love to see it. Um, I also think yeah. it would make narrative sense for Obi-Wan to meet a Jedi especially one that he knows because his interaction with Nari in the first episode led to him getting killed basically like he didn't help Nari yeah and he didn't he just kind of shoot him away and then it, that got him killed so i could see him like and running into Quinlan Voss and then maybe like trying to you know do something or trying to correct mm-hmm. and not do another Nari yeah. again. And and what's most interesting about Quinlan Voss specifically <clears throat> is he is one of, I think, two Jedi that we know of that has a rare force power of psychometry, which is basically he can use the force to like, wa- like live memories uh, by touching objects. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's kind of interesting because yeah, so we because we've we've basically assumed right that there will be uh, Hayden Christensen as Anakin flashback because we agreed that it seems kind of weird to bring him back, but just to be like unrecognizable in yeah. in Vader prosthetic and outfit. So we think there will be a flashback, and also we know that Obi Wan is actively trying to communicate with Qui Gon, and so I could see some sort of realm to where like Quinlan is sort of like assists Obi Wan in his yeah in his Force journey in the past and like weird weird mm-hmm. Force spiritual business um, in doing that yeah. like I do. Like, the only other Jedi who I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the show, who has that ability is Rey, who's obviously... No, Cal Kestis as well. Oh, Cal Kestis. And Rey. Yeah. They, uh, it was said in some reference book that Rey has used it, but Cal Kestis is the other one who, like, uses it regularly. Mm-hmm. It's more like it's a mechanic of the game, and so they're like... yeah. He just he has this ability and it's a game mechanic as well. Yeah, so, so but yeah. Quinlan Voss is the most famous because he uses it in the Clone Wars and yeah. in Dark Disciple. And so I feel like also even just <clears throat> mentioning Quinlan, like that is his shtick. There are uh, like there are so many other Jedi that Obi Wan knows. Yeah. Like Ahsoka's running around out there. Yoda's he knows Yoda's yeah. out there, you know what I mean? So I also think like there, some there's some sort of surprise factor about this mention of Quinlan for yeah. sure. And I also think it's kind of a loose thread in canon where it's like Quinlan Voss survived Order sixty six. He's a big enough character that people like like him and know him, but is he a big enough character to like tell that story in a movie? No, I doubt it. Or mm-hmm. to tell that story in a novel? I'm not really sure that either. Maybe a comic, but also, like, it could be a thing where, you know, the people that are writing the show presumably are in contact with the Lucasfilm story group, and they're like, hey, there's this Jedi that, you know, it's kind of a loose thread that he's still out there. Maybe you could... Like wrap Obi Wan. Maybe you could like wrap him into the story somehow, in like a small way, and then kind of close out that, like tie off that loose end, so it's not just like a random thing that mm-hmm. whatever happened to Quinlan Voss. I've also seen it said that because Jedi Survivor is set five years after Fallen Order, which puts it in the same year as this, that the reason for that five year time jump could be because they could bring in Obi-Wan, or maybe they'll bring in 
Klimenboss into that game, and so that's just kind of put there to establish that Quinlan's out there, so when he shows up in Jedi Survivor, it's not surprising. Sure. I don't know. I kind of hope it's O'Shea Jackson uh, playing him, and I think I think that would be like... Yeah. It would be a cameo, but not like... Um, not like a cheap cameo. Like. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a cameo where it's like... Um, you know, in Rogue One, it's a movie where it's getting away from the Skywalker saga into, like, the gritty stuff, and then at the very end, it's like, here's Darth Vader, here's Leia. And it's like, yeah, those <laughs> scenes are great, but it's also, like, it really kind of escapes I've the point th- of I Rogue One. i never thought about that before. It really kind of defeats the point of Rogue One, which was to get super grounded, and then it's like, here's Darth Vader a couple times. Um, or even, like... Um, even Cad Bane in Boba Fett, to a degree, is kind of like, yeah, we get why he's there, and I guess it makes sense why he's there, but it does kind of feel like you're just bringing in a huge character for the sake of the cameo, you know, um, rather than introducing him throughout the yeah. series. I feel like this would be a cameo that wasn't like that, where it was kind of a natural cameo that could happen, but yeah. also the and- character is beloved enough that it would feel like a special appearance. And, like, we, we're we also... The way we're seeing Obi-Wan, we haven't gotten to necessarily this part yet, but, like, we can see in this episode that he has just lost his fight a bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he... Like, he is very distraught and doesn't see the point of, like, resisting or any of that. Like, there's no, like, spark within mm-hmm. him and so I could very well see like Leia being the person to like reignite that in him you know like he is older he is obviously very like he's like Eeyore and then you have like <laughs> this very like bubbly like passionate <laughs> girl um to reignite I could see that I could also see maybe Quinlan having a part in that as well like the contrast I could see Quinlan honestly the contrast of seeing a Jedi who does still have his fight and is mm-hmm. passionate and he's like and him and in the in the events of Dark Disciple, him and Quinlan have been through a lot together. And Quinlan was kind of in that place to where he he yeah. lost himself a bit and had to be brought back Great. in by partially by yeah. Obi Wan. So I can't recommend Dark Disciple enough. Dude, if you banger. like if you like Quinlan Voss, I highly highly recommend that book. Um, if you like the Clone Wars in general, it was supposed to be an eight episode arc of the Clone Wars or something. And now I like it as a book. It yeah it's it's, it's great. I would have loved to have seen it, but I think there are uh, benefits to it being a novel instead. Um, but I would love to see Quinlan and Obi Wan team up and f- duel Vader and Quinlan die saving him or something, and then that kind of and then he says, him. "Just wait till you see what my character does." Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like he's kind of a. Uh, in the tweet, it made it sound like he was going to do something that would make the fanboys kind of upset. So I could see, like, him coming in and kind of smacking Vader around a little bit. Yeah. And then people being like, he can't beat Vader. And then saving, like, dying to save Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, but we should probably move on. <laughs> so uh, we talked about... That was a good rabbit him. hole. Yeah. But... Uh, I think it was worth it, because if he doesn't show up, we're not going to get to talk about Quinlan, so... (laughs) Yeah, and just one of the things I love about Hitman's Lounge is sometimes we focus in really on, like, things that do not end up being important at all, (laughs) and then we look back and I go, I feel a bit silly about that, but it's pretty funny, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So, basically... um, before they can flee from this little hideout, uh, Obi-Wan senses a disturbance in the Force, and we go out and we see that Reva and the fifth brother are there in the town, and it's starting to, like, darkness is falling, it's, it's becoming nighttime. And then Vader himself emerges, and Vader is an absolute menace in yeah. this scene. He is just, like, 
force dragging people out of their homes, dragging them along the ground. He, like, snaps somebody's neck. And, like, he's just... It seems like he's just doing whatever he can to kind of draw Obi-Wan out. Um, and so he sends Leia with Tala through these secret tunnels. Secret tunnel! <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. And so... <laughs> little felony crossover. Yeah, exactly. So um, Obi-Wan kind of emerges himself to kind of see Vader... And, uh, he starts to, like, run away, and he goes out into this, like, basically out of the town, kind of, like, on the outskirts of the town. And then Vader is there waiting, and he activates his saber. And, uh, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan just kind of, like, turns around, turns and, around runs away. and runs the other way. It's not... It's not like a like dead sprint though. It's really funny. He's kind of like sneak running, and so he's just like, maybe he didn't see me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Vader is kind of like a like a uh, like a Jason Voorhees in these mm-hmm. scenes because like he Obi Wan's just like kind of running. He gets around. Yeah, Obi Wan's just kind of running, and then Vader well. will just appear places, and so. Uh, I have to say, I was kind of expecting his lightsaber activation to be, like, a moment, but it's kind of not. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time he activates it, he just kind of does it and, like, looks around, and it's it's not really a big moment or anything, but uh, I was super surprised that Vader and Obi-Wan saber duel this early in the show. Yeah. And, like, for quite a significant amount of time, too, I would say. Um and it's very obvious that both of them are older, and uh, Vader can't really fight as well, or can't really duel as well. He can yeah. certainly fight. Like, and so, like other now, I'm, it's kind of been a meme in the Star Wars community, like forever, to where it like shows the duel from Revenge of the Sith, and it's like, how do we go from this to this, and then show the duel on the Death Star. But I can, this little middle bit in between, I'm like, I can see that. And even just watching Darth Vader get sued up, like, I guess I never thought about it before, but this man does not have one limb. He has one he has, limb. No, he right? has, the, I thought he just had four. The only limb that didn't get cut off by Obi-Wan was the hand that was already oh. aesthetic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so this man literally doesn't have a single a single extremity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is completely robotic. He, he's a torso and a head, essentially. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, of course he's not going to be able to do all that crazy saber stuff, but he's still an absolute chad in this fight. Yeah, and, and Obi-Wan, you can tell, hasn't fought in a while. Very defensive, very much, like, just kind of holding on. It reminded me a lot of, like, the sequel fights. Which mm-hmm. people like to rag on I the did. sequel fights because they're thing. not like the acrobatic, uh, you know, prequel fights. But they're very much they're a lot more realistic to what I think actual yeah. lightsaber like fights. Like when would I watch be. when I watch the sequel fights and this fight, I like I totally believe that one person is trying to kill the other person, mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? Yeah, the prequels are great because they have all the flourishes and all that stuff. And I think that suits... Yeah, it's... I think that fits the kind of uh, over-the-topness of them where they are very much... They're more like... Yeah, they're more like operatic kind of Shakespearean type uh, stories. And so it, it makes sense to have a little bit more like... More flair. Yeah, to the fights. Whereas this one is the story of two people that are totally beaten down and hate... Well, one of them hates the other. The other is terrified of the other. Mm-hmm. And so their fight is very much a reflection of that. And then when they go, and then when it comes to the, the Death Star battle, their final duel, it's like both of them have kind of... Well, Obi-Wan has kind of made peace with it, but Vader's still very angry. Um, but essentially, Vader is just a machine, and, like, there's these stones that he uses the Force to, like, throw onto the ground, and then he 
like taps it with his saber and it catches on fire and then he drags Obi-Wan into the flames to like suffer the way that he left Anakin to suffer on Mustafar mm-hmm. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, holy cow. Men will literally do anything except go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, eventually, Obi-Wan escapes because I think it's Tala shoots at some of the stormtroopers and kind of distracts him. I thought she was dead right then and there, man. Yeah. I thought she was toast for sure. But um, during all this, Rava kind of finds the tunnel. And heads down the tunnel. Um, and the episode ends with Leia kind of running into Reva. And she's like, are you who I'm supposed to meet? And Reva basically says, like, yeah, I'm here for you or whatever. Um, and so... What does this say? No. Yeah, it says Leia, sensing danger, turns and runs. I don't really remember that. Bro, but she is a fast runner, though. She could it, get away. It ends... It ends with the... Assumption that Reva has Leia now. Yeah. I thought, in my mind, at least. Yeah. Maybe she does get That's, away. Yeah, I had that so um, So, it does seem like... Much like the other... <laughs> Disney Plus originals, Bad Batch and The Mandalorian. This show is about an older man yeah. adopting a younger a younger child and becoming the father that they need to be or something. If Star and Wars so, teaches us anything, it's that we can learn from the young folk, huh? Uh-huh. But I definitely thought Leia was just going to be... And if Top Gun Maverick taught us anything, it's you can't learn crap from the young folk. <laughs> Listen to the old folk. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I thought Leia was just going to be kind of the early motivation for Obi-Wan. Um, because I think Leia's the only thing that would get him off of Tatooine, um, that, like, outside of Luke himself. So I thought they were doing, they were pulling the Leia card because they needed to get him off planet, and then they were going to wrap that up, but then was going to introduce the Vader storyline. But it seems like Leia will be kind of a main character. Um, Which we're glad about. Yeah, I I think the actress is fantastic. I think she deserves it. I would love a young Leia show now. Like, give me, like, a kid's show, but, like, just young Leia doing things on Alderaan. I mean, there's a book like that, but, um, you know, let's see her become a young senator. Let's see her... Absolutely clap her cousin uh, with with the roast, you know? Her, uh, what's his name? Something, that little punk who looks like Jojo from Horton Hears a Who, you know? Anyways. Frickin' Billy from WandaVision. Papa. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. We, don't, so, we love child actors. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was the episode. Um... Where do you think we go from here now? <laughs> yeah, well... I think... Oh, also we still have yet to see a helicopter saber take flight. Cancel Filoni for this. <laughs> but I ne- I also agree that I think Reva has Leia. And so I think it's building towards the final act of... Now, I think it's a res- another rescue mission, perhaps, but, like, from someplace more like Vader's castle mm-hmm. or the, Inquis- that would be or cool, the Inquisitor maybe. Palace yeah. or something like Fortress that. Fortress Inquisitories. I and think so, it would be cool to see, like, um, Quinlan and Obi-Wan versus the Inquisitors yeah. and Vader or something like Something wild like that. Yeah. If Quinlan appears. If you can't tell, we really want... I really <laughs> want Quinlan to appear now. But, uh... I, I just think he's great. Anyways. Um... We had also mentioned last episode that in A New Hope, it seems... And it couldn't... Not necessarily 100% confirm, but it seems like Leia has had experience with Tarkin and Vader before. Oh, yeah. We could right? see Tarkin. I could see that. And so, I could see... 
a Vader and Leia thing. Maybe. Yeah, like maybe they but like also. Do you think what what's the likelihood that Vader looks at Leia and then is like doesn't realize that it's his daughter? You know what I mean? Well, I mean. He does that in A New Hope, you know, in Empire. He doesn't realize. True. I think it's in a comic between episode four and five where he f- where he realizes that Luke is his son. Because yeah, he has... doesn't, like, Boba Fett tell yeah, him Yeah, he has Boba Fett hunt down the guy who destroyed the Death Star. And then he's like, well, I didn't get him, but I got a name, Skywalker. And then Darth Vader just kind of, like, mm-hmm. stares at a window, like... And so, but I mean, none of them know that Leia is their relative until episode six. So, and I think like, I don't know if this is how it works, but it it seems to me like she's less force sensitive than Luke. Like, I feel like Luke has just an inherent force ability or maybe she does but it manifests in different ways i i don't know if i agree because yeah it's just that luke got training i would say him and leia are at a similar place before training yeah you know what i, I just mean? think like, like i could just i don't know i could just like You would imagine that, like, one of them would have sensed her presence in the Force, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, I could definitely see them taking her to some Star Destroyer somewhere, and Tarkin's there, and they basically hold her in a cell, and they're like, well, Obi-Wan will come for her. And they also don't realize who she actually is, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like until it happens, it really feels like it could be pushing canon a little bit, you know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. that it really matters, like, but it does feel like... Not even, like, pushing canon, but it just feels like something that, like, the scope of it should happen in a movie, but it's happening in a, like... Yeah, something, you know what I mean? something, about, something about that feels like this is actually super significant. It doesn't... And it feels like, but I just feel how like they would do it. it that's would, just that's like it would come seeing down Vader to. is that feeling like yeah, you know what I mean? Like seeing Vader outside of the context of like think of the Mortis arc mm-hmm. when Anakin is like having like a meltdown, and then you just see Vader's helmet in smoke and hear that breathing, and you're just like. Or, well, or, that was important. <laughs> or the end of the Clone Wars, or when he shows up in Rebels. It all... Vader means something. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> um, but, so yeah, I where I hope the show goes is... Um, you know, maybe they take... Maybe they take Leia to Fortress Inquisitorius or something like that. And they're like, Obi-Wan will find us. He manages to, like, I don't know, maybe find something of one of the Inquisitors. And then he's like, you know, who could could, uh, help me find the Inquisitors with this item? Yeah. Is Quinlan Voss. And he can find where where they've been. And so then Quinlan helps him find... Yeah, Reva drops a pocket square or something and so, <laughs> pocket square. And so he just, he just has a single thread of hair or maybe maybe <laughs> it starts he has to find leia maybe it starts the maybe the episode starts with Rava chasing after leia and like uh like catching her but leia like throws her yeah or maybe like maybe even obi-wan like yeah because faces I, her and then, like, cuts her saber in half or something, and, like, part of it falls yeah. off, and so he... Yeah, because I agree. Or something it's, like that. It, like I said, it feels like that is, like, what the final act will be, like, saving Leia, mm-hmm. but I do feel like there's something in between there still. 
And so that could be kind of like the, yeah, the he, hinge. He could, he could go find... We have three episodes left, so he could go find Quinlan Voss. They could uh, go to the um, Fortress Inquisitorious, and then the final episode would be Battling Vader. Now, I don't know if Quinlan Voss would be a three-episode character for this show. Um, I certainly wouldn't mind it, but I, I, I could see him stepping in to help. I Again, he could not be in it, like, very easily could not be in <laughs> yeah. it. I'm just really hoping he is. Which our entire theory hinges on. Well, yeah, I'm just... My theory is based on the presupposition that he's in it. I am biased, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. This is a safe place to be biased. This is this is what I would like to see. Um, but if that didn't happen, I could definitely see him showing up for, like, a couple seconds. Yeah, what if Quinlan Voss saved Grogu? Yeah, what if they brought Grogu into this show? Yo. I would hope not. I really don't want that to happen, because I don't think he needs to show up in Book of Boba Fett and then Obi-Wan Kenobi. But... Well, that kind of does raise the question of, you know, the path existing. Like, was Grogu, like, taken through the path and where he ended up? Like, I'm really yeah. curious about Grogu's life. Yeah, I feel like even the path itself is something that could be... I think like that'll, com- that'll, that seems like I a think, comic book type of thing. I now. feel like that will pop up in multiple places now. Like, I could see that being referenced... In a couple different things. Like, that could happen in Bad Batch. We know we have Gungi. Sure. Like, Gungi's gonna be in the new season. Like, I could see them encountering, or, like, even running a mission along the path where they yeah, are, it could, they're it taking could be, Gungi to Kashyyyk. It could even be, like, a very Fennec Shan type of thing to where we're introduced to a character in live action, and then we see the young version of them... Mm-hmm. In the Bad Batch, like what you know, if we saw what if we Tala? saw what if we saw Quinlan Voss with the path in Obi Wan, and then he was in the Bad Batch as well? <laughs> yeah, and they should then, just give him his own show. Really, <laughs> unless he dies. Well, I at, think I think show. I I do I think in Legends he has like several comic series just about him, and like I think he trains Ayla Sakura or something. Like she's his padawan. I don't know. I'm gonna read Dark Disciple again. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I definitely think. I definitely don't think this duel was the the uh, the rematch of the century. Yeah, as as Kathleen Kennedy called it, it was pretty cool, and it really showed Vader being scary and brutal. And I really hope. I know it'll be the opposite, but I hope this makes people like not beg for a Vader movie anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, Vader like, has six movies, and he has The Clone Wars, and he has several comic series. I don't know. I don't think he needs another movie. Yeah. Because there's no story left to tell. People just want to see Vader do cool stuff like he does in this. Yeah, and also, like, a story where Vader is the main character. Like, Star Wars stories... There's more leeway in the comics, I feel like, because comics are just, like, not inconsequential, but the the magnitude is usually, like, pretty small. But, like, the larger Star Wars stories, they have to be uplifting, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, without, like, the hope, it isn't really Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so to just have, like, a cynical, pessimistic Vader movie to where he... Like, in this, we see him just butcher... Innocence. You want that? That's what the movie you. That's the story well, yeah, you want to tell. No, like, it can't. It, if it can't, it, like have that Star Wars like positive message. Yeah, I don't think Vader. I don't think it's a movie and, that will. And ever the ideas get people always have for a Vader movie are like, I want to see Vader hunting Jedi after Order sixty six. Well, that is the that's the twenty sixteen. That's, yeah. that's the twenty sixteen comic run. That's what it's. That's what the whole thing's about. Or it's like, I want Vader, like, defying the Emperor and all that stuff. It's like, well, that's in the comics. Like, that's in that's in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I mean... It, there are th- at least 
three major Vader comics. There's the 2016 or 2017, the 2015, and the current 2021. All of them are good. Just read those. <laughs> and like they're they're all significant. Let's be honest. Things, people who stories. want the Vader movie can't read <laughs> or won't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I like Vader too, and he works in something like this as the villain, but he. We don't need a Vader movie. We definitely don't need an R rated Vader movie, or any R rated Star Wars movie for that matter. Um. So, yeah, that that's the episode. We're gonna become a Quinlan Voss podcast now. Yeah. The, We're actually in full cosplay right now. The you Voss just can't cast. Tell. The, the Voss cast. The Quinn Voss cast. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're gonna look like total fools when O'Shea Jackson Jr. shows up and he's a droid or just like a random senator. He's another or something. inquisitor. He's just a senator or something. Uh, anyways, thank you for listening. Check us out on whatever podcast platform you subscribe to uh, and rate us five stars please we're the only podcast that will go on 10 minute quinlan boss rants every episode if you want us to i doubt that but we're the only podcast who will drop three episodes in a week and then drop nothing in six months yeah so that's a guarantee i mean we're gonna keep up with obi-wan and then you know once andor comes out it'll be pretty steady i think that'll be 12 weeks it'll force us Andor. yeah we might have to god forbid go back to like this is the day we record the schedule. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, we were doing two episodes a week for a while. I know, for a little bit. We were well, so, that's because we, we were both, so young back we then. We both lived yeah. in the same house. Under the same roof, that helps. And then, and it was during COVID, so it's not like we could really do anything else. So, uh, yeah, but we'll be back with more Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, maybe some other stuff. We'll see. You know how that goes. But in the meantime, read Dark Disciples and watch Rebels. Uh, and and those are our two. Those are the two greatest commandments. <laughs> <laughs>